Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff, and today I want to talk about do leg locks work in MMA and Ty Rutolo versus Gary Tonin. I am back. Man, it's been almost three weeks since I've done a podcast. Guys, somehow I lost my microphone. I've had a bunch of you ask why I haven't done a podcast because this has been the longest I have not done a podcast since I started two and a half years ago. And yeah, I lost uh, I lost my microphone. The main microphone that I use, also the microphones that we use at the gym were being replaced. So we've got updated equipment at the gym and I've got a new microphone for my phone. So I am back in action. And man, there's a lot to talk about. I want to start by talking about Gary Tone, and there's two talking points. One, do leg locks work in MMA? It's a question I've been hearing a lot over the past couple of months. And man, it was really being talked about after Gary lost the one FC championship against Ton Lee. And then I want to talk about his match that he just recently had for one FC, a grappling match against Ty Rutolo. First, though, I want to take a second again to just remind you guys to please consider uh, supporting Keith Gregorian. Keith, a man, a good friend of the podcast. He's been on multiple times, easily one of my favorite people to talk to in the jujitsu world. So please give his Patreon a look and consider joining. Keith, man, is on an incredible, incredible run, and he is gearing up for ADCC, the biggest ADCC that there's ever been. And he will be competing in September, and he's looking to fund his training camp. And part of that, um, you know, part of what will help fund him to train full time will be this Patreon. He's going to be releasing techniques. He's going to be doing live roles on there. He's going to be answering questions, and I'm sure he's going to be providing a lot of value to to you guys that join. So, again, please consider doing that. But, man, do leg locks work in MMA? Now, this is a question that I feel like it's five years ago where people are saying that heel hooks don't work or that leg locks don't work. And then we saw the Donahue guys in 10th Planet really utilize leg locks to dismantle the people that were primarily training in the gi. And then now, especially in no gi competition, everybody does leg locks. Like you have to know it. And that's a basic curriculum now at most submission only schools. It's like you're going to learn straight ankles, toe holds, knee bars, and heel hooks. You just, you're going to. It's becoming part of the fundamentals for a submission grappler. But five years ago, 10 years ago, people were saying it didn't work. Now, Gary Tonin, being a part of the Danaher Death Squad and now New Wave Jiu-Jitsu, he's always going to have eyes on him, particularly when it comes to Jiu-Jitsu and Jiu-Jitsu and MMA. And for a long time, Gary has been one of the best leg lockers in the world. Some of his EBI runs were just magical. And he has huge wins with the heel hook over some of the biggest names in the sport. One that always sticks out to me is his super fight at Polaris against Gilbert Durinho. We've seen Gilbert, you know, just a couple of months ago go against uh, Chemaev, and he had an epic performance. And we saw Gary Tonin, I mean, have an outstanding performance. He hit an inside heel hook on um, on Gilbert Burns. And so he's just, he's a guy that carries the flag in jiu-jitsu. Now, he was 5-0 and over at 1, and he finally got a title shot. I didn't say finally. I mean, he's only 5-0, and but he got a title shot against Ton Lee, and Ton Lee is 
an incredible fighter that I think a lot of people like sleep on. They don't know how good he is. Most people don't know how good the roster is over there at one because honestly, it's really hard to watch the fights because they happen at uh, just such weird times and they're not on our local TV stations. And so it doesn't really get a lot of coverage. A lot of people aren't familiar with the rosters, but Ton Lee's a beast. Ton Lee trains down in New Orleans. His dad owns a martial arts studio down there. I've actually trained down there and it's, it's a really cool space. And he trains down there. Um, I, I know he trains with my buddy Sheridan Moran a bunch, Sheridan, a phenomenal black belt. And he also wrestled in college, but Ton Lee does his jujitsu work. He cross trains with Ryan Hall. So Ryan Hall is kind of his jujitsu sensei. And coming into this fight, that was the big question is, you know, can the upstart, the young Gary Tonin win his first championship or will Ton Lee continue to reign? And yeah, the big question was the leg walks because Ton Lee is a beast on the feet. I mean, that is what he is known for. He's been training stand up for, I mean, almost his entire life. His dad is a lifelong martial artist. And so everybody expected to see the submission grappling go against Ton Lee's stand-up. But again, man, Ton Lee's training with one of the best leg lockers in the world, Ryan Hall. So going into this fight, I figured Ton Lee would be very well prepared. But Gary has looked really, really good at, um, over there at one. And I was, I mean, I was hoping and rooting for Gary to take the championship. And I don't know, I just to me, if you're a jiu-jitsu guy, um, and if you've been in the sport for any length of time, like it's hard not to be a fanboy of Gary Tone. And he just puts on some of the most entertaining fights and grappling matches that, I mean, you could ever see. But Gary Tone went in and his game plan was to go for the leg locks. The fight only lasted just over a minute. Gary shoots in, goes for a leg lock, and Ton Lee ends up knocking him out. And then a lot of people after this fight, because Gary got knocked out, and anytime a fight ends in under two minutes, you're always going to question the strategy of that fighter, particularly when they choose to pull guard and they choose to go for submissions. Nobody really questions um, a, a fighter. For instance, like Ben, um, when Ben fought... Oh my gosh, what am I blanking on? Jorge Masvidal, right? And Jorge Masvidal just ran across the cage and need him. I mean, everybody kind of says, like, look, that's just tough luck, right? Jorge Masvidal just, he hit you with the perfect shot. But since Gary Tonin pulled guard and he got knocked out, a lot of people were questioning that strategy. Like, why, why did he go for the leg lock so soon? And do leg locks even work? Do leg locks work against the best opponents? And to me, this is just utterly ridiculous because we've seen leg locks work at the highest level so many times and whether it's in the UFC or over in Asia or at some of the lower levels of the sport like just the regional scene I mean I've seen leg locks happen in tons as I'm watching more and more amateur fights I mean leg locks are pretty common I mean it's definitely not a thing that's like you don't see I mean you see leg locks um, frequently and obviously there's risks to leg locks, but I mean, to guys, like how many times have you seen guys just get knocked out cold like Gary Tonin going for leg locks? It's very, 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 very rare. I've seen way more leg lock finishes and way more people have success with leg locks in MMA than I've seen them take a lot of damage. Gary, he just got unlucky. 
I think his big mistake was he was trying, um, if I remember this correctly, he was trying to go for the outside Ashigarami. Like he was trying to tilt um, in the outside position. And Tan Lee was standing above him, and he could uh, use his full weight of his punches because he was in the standing position. So I mean, just caught Gary with a bomb. And it knocked Gary out cold. There's nothing he could do about it. But even just since that fight, I mean, I've seen leg locks finished in the UFC. I've seen leg locks finished um, in other organizations outside of the UFC. Leg locks are here to stay. And leg locks are very important to know. And they can win fights at the highest level. I was watching a gentleman this year. I can't remember his name. I believe he was from Peru. But he's hitting three knee bars in the UFC. His last fight was against Clay Guida. And Clay Guida is one of my favorite guys to watch just because Lindsay, one of my best friends, she cannot stand watching Clay Guida fight. She's a big Clay Guida hater. So I'm always rooting for for Clay to, to win just because it irks her. But we were watching that fight and, man, he was going against a guy that is a master at knee bars. And I didn't recognize, like, I didn't realize how good that guy was on the ground, but he snatched Clay's leg up and fit. I mean, Clay Guida is one of the toughest dudes that's ever fought in the UFC. That dude doesn't quit. And I've been really impressed watching him at Fury Grappling. He just competed yesterday at Fury Grappling. He won against a black belt by Rune Choke. He fought on the first Fury Grappling card that, um, you know, the UFC is looking to have more grappling events, and Fury is one of uh, the UFC's promotions that's on the UFC Fight Pass. So I'm um, sorry if I'm going off on this tangent. It's just been a long time since I've done a podcast and I've got a lot to say. But Clay Guida's, again, he's a really, really, really good grappler. And I was just blown away by the technique of his opponent in his last fight and the way that he inverted and got the scoop grip and went to K-guard and finished the knee bar. I think the knee bar is widely widely unused like that's to me a leg lock that I've seen people have a lot of success with from again the guy that just fought Clay Guida to we saw Mackenzie Dern hit a brutal knee bar Mackenzie Dern finished a belly down knee bar that was just disgusting Paul Harris hit multiple knee bars Um, I think man the knee bar is a technique as an MMA fighter that's straight um, the straight knee bar is is a technique that should really be used more. I think sometimes people get too heel hook happy, and they just look for the heel hook, and it can be really difficult. I think with the gloves, um, I've never really trained grappling with gloves, so I don't know how difficult it is to like get a heel hook grip compared to with gloves and without. But I do know that heel hook or excuse me, rear naked chokes are way harder to get. Um, rear naked chokes are really it's really tough to get underneath someone's neck when they uh, when you've got MMA gloves on and so I think that could be a problem because a lot of people when you're watching them try to apply heel hooks the grips always look real shoddy the the gripping is always uh, there's a lot to be um, it seems like there's a lot of technique that's lacking on the gripping in MMA so possibly that might be due to just having gloves on. It's just a little bit harder to grip. And then you've got guys that are sweaty. They're wearing, you know, whether they're wearing Muay Thai um, shorts or just regular board shorts. Legs are sweaty. It can be really tough to get that grip. So I think knee bars 
are definitely an avenue to consider training if you're an MMA fighter, like really getting good at going after and finishing knee bars. But what really shocked me was, um, and what I really want to talk about, because I think most of you guys know, like, duh, like leg locks work in, in the UFC. But to me, what was crazy was seeing Halleck Gracie kind of throw some shade at Gary Tonin. I saw Gary Tonin on his Instagram he posted, um, he posted a screenshot of Halleck Gracie throwing shade at him. And I thought that was just insane. If you guys don't know who Halleck Gracie is, you should definitely look him up. He's definitely an interesting character in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world. Obviously, he's a part of the Gracie family. Now, Halleck Gracie, he does have an important part in jiu-jitsu history. I think a lot of people like to crap on Halleck Gracie because he's done some... Uh, he's, few of his business practices have been honestly disgusting. I mean, he didn't pay fighters. So Halleck Gracie started Metamorphs. But before that, I mean, he fought MMA. He fought MMA at a pretty high level. And he's good at jiu-jitsu. He's never been like world-class and the best in the world. But he's very good at jiu-jitsu, a part of the Gracies, and fought MMA at a pretty high level. And he started a grappling promotion called Metamorphs. And Metamorphs was so important in modern jiu-jitsu history. I mean, it was really the first big professional event. It was Metamorphos and then EBI. But Metamorphos came before EBI. And Metamorphos really had, um, their first two shows in particular, had some bangers. And probably the, the match that everybody remembers is Eddie Bravo versus, versus Hoyler Gracie 2. I mean, Halle Gracie put that on. He gave Eddie Bravo a chance to really show that that first match wasn't a fluke. And he put Eddie and Hoyler at center stage and let jiu-jitsu talk. And honestly, without that match, I mean, who knows where 10th Planet would be. But I'm telling you, 10th Planet was changed forever that night. I mean, once everybody saw that, man, Eddie Bravo is really, really good because you cannot deny that Hoyler Gracie is one of the best ever. And watching Eddie beat him again, really just put it to him and dominate him, opened a lot of people's eyes to the effectiveness of what Eddie was trying to teach and, and really trying to bring to the table with 10th Planet. So I got to give Hallett Gracie a lot of props there. But as the shows continued, he only had a few more after that. He stopped paying fighters. And, I mean, I don't know what was going on there, but multiple people were just not paid. They competed and were not paid. There was a lot of other stuff coming out about Hollick at the time that, you know, he just was doing a lot of shady business things. And so Metamorris went under, and Hollick got a, he's got a bad name in jiu-jitsu. Um, he's definitely a guy that a lot of people are wary of, especially if you're considering of, like, Hey, I'm um, possibly uh, Halle Gracie's coming out with a jiu-jitsu promotion. Should I invest in it or should I compete in it? I would say hell to the no. <laughs> Definitely pass up on that and uh, look for something else. But again, very, very important to where we are um, with modern jiu-jitsu because, I mean, it really leveled up professional events. The first couple of metamorphoses were really big for modern professional jiu-jitsu. But, uh, but Halle Gracie was, what he said, he shared a picture of a text that one of his students had sent. It said something along the lines of, man, you were right. Um, that conversation we had the other day, um, it really got me thinking, and yeah, you're right. 
and his student asked, have you seen uh, the Gary Tonin fight? And Tyler Gracie said no. And then he replied after he watched and went, wow, yeah, um, definitely not good. And what he was talking about was how Gary's technique wasn't um, MMA ready, right? It didn't pass the MMA test. And in the next slide, so there was two pictures. So one was the, the, the text conversation between him and his student with, you know, his student saying, hey, man, you know, the, what we had talked about, you were right. I saw that in the Gary Tonin fight. And exactly what you said was true about Gary's jiu-jitsu. And in the next slide, it was a quote from Hicks and Gracie, where Hicks and Gracie talks about how disappointed he is with modern jiu-jitsu. And Hickson has been saying this for a long time. Just listen to him on Joe Rogan's podcast, or you can listen to him on Jocko, Jocko's podcast. He thinks that modern jujitsu sucks. I mean, he's there's so many quotes that you know that he's that he's um, said about modern jujitsu about how. Uh, I mean, he's went as far, and the quote that that Halleck shared was him saying that. Um, Nine out of ten schools he goes to, he feels like he's back in the old days of jiu-jitsu where he was going to karate schools and people thought they knew everything and then he showed a basic technique and they were just blown away and they realized that they had been missing the true art of martial arts for so long and he just feels like modern jiu-jitsu and modern black belts do not understand jiu-jitsu and that they miss out on uh, what's truly effective in jiu-jitsu. And he said um, on, I think it was the last time he was Joe Rogan, he was talking about for every 10 moves that somebody shows him, he thinks eight or nine are just trash. And one he thinks is like he could see, and then one he thinks is really good. So essentially he's like, look, 80 to 90% of all the stuff that I see these days isn't effective and wouldn't work. And one to two techniques um, I understand, and I think work at the highest level. And for Hickson, he's always talking about self-defense. And so he's talking that a lot of uh, jiu-jitsu won't work in self-defense situations. And that's what Halleck's talking about, is that Gary Tonin, the jiu-jitsu he presented against Han Lee didn't work, and it wasn't effective for a fight. And obviously that really ruffled Gary's feathers. And what's funny is, I mean, these two guys fought. They had a super fight. Um, they had a match, and Gary Tonin finished him with a knee bar, with a leg lock, and I think like four minutes. And then Gordon Ryan had a match with Halleck Gracie, and this is after Halleck was kind of already disgraced. And he, uh, I mean, I don't know what he was trying to do. He was trying to throw one last event. He fought in the main event against Gordon Ryan, and Gordon Ryan told everybody what submission he was going to hit on Halleck and in what minute he was going to do it. He said he was going to hit a triangle choke in like the ninth or ten minutes. And that's exactly what he did. And so I thought it was bizarre to see him come at Gary since both Gary and Gordon had, you know, pretty much destroyed him when they faced him. So I don't know. I don't get that. I don't get run in your mouth, especially with a guy as credentialed as Gary Tone and a guy that's beaten you um, pretty handedly, a guy whose teammate and student has beaten you very handedly. It just wasn't a good look for Halleck, but that doesn't surprise me. Moving on to the last thing I want to talk about is, you know, Gary Tono versus Ty Rotolo. Because this was a match that was really, really being talked about the past couple of weeks. I had so many people ask my opinion on this match. And I was picking Ty Rotolo. 
I, I mean, there's, you guys know, I say it all the time. The Rutolos are my favorite grapplers in the world. I am always going to watch Ty and Cade Rutolo. Um, they're just the most exciting to me, um, guys in the world right now. And they're just winning everything. And so I figured Ty was going to win a decision against Gary Tonin based on the one rule set. But I didn't think that Ty would finish Gary. That's the one criticism I have of the Rutolos is they really only have a couple of subs where a guy like Gary Tonin, I and mean, I've seen Gary finished like so many different types of subs where the Rutolos, it's, you know, I've seen him hit a couple of leg locks, but it's mostly rear naked chokes, uh, funky arm bars, but everybody knows they're known for the Darsh chokes. I mean, the Rutolos are Darsh choke and uh, buggy choke aficionados. That is what they're known for. I just didn't see uh, Ty Rutolo finishing Gary with any of those subs. I definitely wasn't going to leg lock him, and I just didn't think he'd catch him in a Darce. I've seen Gary defend Darces before. He's incredibly high level at defending chokes, particularly arm in chokes. So I just I wasn't giving Ty really that much of a chance, but I figured he would wear Gary out. I figured he's bigger and stronger than Gary and that his physicality would just be a little too much and that he would edge Gary out. And I figured if they had that match 10 times, Gary, uh, excuse me, Ty would win 8 out of the 10 times. But I thought it was going to be a close match. And, I mean, I wouldn't have been shocked if Gary had found a way to win. Um, Ty, especially watching him with Craig Jones, I didn't think there was any way that Gary could catch Ty. But I figured, man, Gary could throw a lot of heat at him and win a decision. But, man, I was completely off on it. I mean, I got the winner right, but I did not expect Ty Rutolo to run over Gary Tonin. And, honestly, this is what I think. I think that Gary didn't take this match seriously. Gary has faced so many guys that were supposed to beat him, were supposed to be the next up-and-coming thing. For a long time, man, Gary's been that guy that, you know, he'll take any of the matches, particularly when he was grappling all the time. I mean, he would do EBIs. He would do super fights all the time. He was anybody anywhere anytime and he slayed all challengers and I think he saw this as like okay look I get it the Rutolos are exciting they're winning a lot right now but they can't beat me I just really think he saw and kind of what I was saying is that look like they do leg locks but they're not amazing at leg locks they do some funky arm locks, but that's not their main thing. It's like their main thing is buggy chokes and darsh chokes and there's just no way he's going to beat me with that and so he kind of came out and he was kind of being disrespectful a little bit because he was like, look, I'm not going to like he's like he calls their grappling. I can't remember what he said. He says they do a lot of stupid stuff or and he's talking about how they're constantly face palming and snapping the head down. He said something along the lines of like, I'm not going to engage with them in that like that doesn't work and it's not going to work on me. So he pulled guard because he just didn't want to end up in that. Uh, face palming and snap down circle that they put their opponents through. And, I mean, Ty just overwhelmed him. Just side to side, boom, passed. And Gary went to to turtle up and, and reach for an underhook, and Ty just jumped on the neck. And, I mean, he just fin- he finished him very quickly, and it looked like Gary just couldn't believe it. I mean, Gary didn't look like Gary Tonin. And again, I'm going to say that, yes, 
I think Ty Rotolo is the best under 185 pound grappler in the world. And he's close to being the best under 200 pounds. I mean, it's really him, Craig Jones, and like one or two other names. But I think Ty's the best, like pound for pound and the best, uh, the best grappler in the world outside of Gordon Ryan. I mean, nobody's beating Gordon right now. But outside of Gordon Ryan, Ty Rotolo is number one in my book. And I think Gary Tonin found that out. I think we all really saw how good Ty is, but I think we also saw just a really poor performance from Gary. Gary was coming off that performance where he got knocked out by Ton Lee. And I don't know. I just, I don't think he took this match that seriously. I could be way off, but I think he saw this as a match that he was going to win. And it was going to be a nice tune-up coming up for ADCC. But I'm expecting to see a rejuvenated Gary Tonin. I think that this match is going to light a fire underneath him and I'm expecting to see him be at his best for ADCC and I would love to see a rematch against Cade Rutolo. Now I don't think Cade is as good as Ty. I mean we've seen these guys grapple before. Ty almost always wins. I mean we, I've seen footage of Cade obviously catching Ty um, and, and they can they both are capable of beating each other but Ty seems to be um, just a little bit better than Cade. So I'd love to see Gary against uh, Cade at ADCC. And if Gary can find a victor, I'd love to see that rematch some um, at some point in the future. Until next time, guys, I am very happy to be back. I love and appreciate you. Thank you for all you guys checking in on me and asking why I haven't done a podcast. Um, I was actually down in Jacksonville this weekend, and uh, two people came up to me, and they were like, hey, are you Matt Scaff? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, dude, love your podcast, but why haven't you come out with one in the past couple of weeks? And told him the situation, told him right when I got back, I was going to do one. So here it is. Peace.